Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning the podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Season Screamings, welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This is your host, Ryan, joined as always. Uh, Howdy, y'all. So, what have we been watching? Uh, let's see here. Been taking a gander. Just some other, uh, some older shit lately. Um... Some Stargate SG One, kind of okay. watching some of that shit falls okay. into it. Um, a lot of Solar Opposites, another one of uh, Justin Roiland's creations. Okay, it's pretty much like Rick and Morty. You know, it, the animation's the same. Uh, the comedy in it's fucking awesome. The humor's great. The fact that they've been able to like create this side story um, of these characters in this wall in one of their rooms. Okay, and it's it's honestly like almost better written than the actual show itself. Um, it's been a blast though. Um, and, uh, other than that, not too much. Uh, I did rewatch Predator or Prey. I don't know. Um, I think you were telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that the, the primitive, uh, Predator was kind of like their, their special needs one. He just kind of okay. came up like, I think they were just like, here you go. If you can survive this, we'll let you be one of us. Right. Cause all the other ones just always looked normal and I get it. It's supposed to be like in the past, but no, I think that was just like. Look, you're not like the rest of us. This is your your challenge. <clears throat> kind of like the make-a-wish opposite, sort of. <laughs> Survive this and you can be one of us. Right. Um, what about you? What you, what you been watching? <sighs> watching a lot of Alias. Um, I did watch Christmas Bloody Christmas. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to get that into the drive here shortly. And we are going to throw that into the mix for one more holiday movie before January comes. Um, And I can't wait for you to see it. I cannot wait for you to see it. Yeah, I've watched the trailers a couple of times and normally I don't do that, but this looks badass. It's it's good, it's good. Um, Still haven't pulled the trigger on watching Wednesday yet. Oh yeah. Um, I hear mixed reviews on it. Some people love it, some people hate it. Some have told me you have to get through about three episodes before it gets interesting. Yeah. So at some point, I'm sure I'll watch it. It's it's there to watch. So can I tell you? Can I talk about it to you? Yeah. Um, I fucking hate Fester. I love the actor that plays him, uh-huh. but I truly believe that what they did is they took the character of Willy Wonka and like Burton's Willy Wonka. And they made him be this character, but as Fester. Really? Yeah. They, like the like when and when I told Ashley that, she's like, "Yes, that's fucking exactly it." 
Um, so now you kind of I want to maybe that'll trigger you to see it. Huh. But I want to watch it a couple more times. Just I'm not I I didn't hate it, but it wasn't like it wasn't like The Witcher where I had to watch it over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? In yeah. regards to like a TV show of just you know, um, I think I think they should fucking do like a Beetlejuice. Are are they gonna do a Beetlejuice television show? I thought wasn't that a rumor or something? Yeah, or there's, a sequel. I think there's been talks about a Beetlejuice two. Okay, so I heard rumors about that a while back, but I th- thought that the posters and shit were just fan made. You know what I mean? I think they were, mm-hmm. but there is an official page for it. it says it's in pre production, so God only knows. <laughs> Fair. Um, can't wait to see the main one. Um, we probably won't be covering that this year because it's just getting yeah. down to the wire. Yeah, we have a lot more shit to cover. Well, yeah, we got tons of fucking mm-hmm. movies. We're going to be, we're good for about a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, just... we could Christmas in July or something like one of that mm-hmm. shit's like, yeah. and just that'd be fun because it'll be out for a minute. More people have like seen two it. Two weeks in July, for, <laughs> yeah, right more. after the 4th of July. Yeah. Um, Oh, is there a bunch of Fourth of July horror films? No, there's a few. You can watch fucking Independence Day. Uh, um, Uncle Sam. What's God Bless America? Would that be considered a Fourth of July one? I don't Maybe. remember if that's on because it's like uh, patriotic kind of ish. I mean, Rampagey. Ooh, Rampage love, was tight. Yeah, <laughs> Rampage was really good. But I love fucking God Bless America. Mm-hmm. Like anything Bobcat Goldthwait d- writes and directs is fucking gold. Yeah, <laughs> Thwait. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much all I've seen. I haven't really. I watched a uh, Violent Night again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, haven't seen any trailers that really. Well, they did release a new trailer for Megan that looked on that. that, I've seen two of them. Is there? They just dropped the second one the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be one of those movies. I think it's going to either it's going to work or it's going to be fucking awful. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a good middle ground on that one. I do feel like, <clears throat> because I've been watching a little bit more trailers than normal, um, I feel like the trailers, they do a fairly good job at making it seem like it might be decent. And then you fucking see it and you're like, oh, well. And that's like, that's why I was saying earlier before, sometimes the trailers are like the best part. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole thing like, okay, this looks tight. And then you watch, you're like, fucking no. It was not nearly as good as I wanted it to be. Like I said, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast uh, when I went and saw the the movie Lakeview Terrace at the mm-hmm. drive-in. Literally every good scene is in that fucking trailer. Yeah. The movie's hot, hot shit. Yeah. It's just fucking terrible. Did you, uh, did you learn anything more about The New Exorcist? Just that it's going to be a direct sequel okay. to the original that got... The actress that plays the mom in the original is returning to be in it. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard if Linda Blair is going to make an appearance in it or not. Okay. Um, I doubt it because I'm pretty sure that would have been one of the first announcements. But like I said, after Halloween ends, I have zero hopes <laughs> for them doing a good job on it. 
Well, I saw that Danny McBride is one of the writers and is is the same dude that did Halloween Ends at that other guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, David so, Gordon Green. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the other, there's another writer attached to it who has zero credits to his name. Okay. So it, it's going to be interesting. But we don't have, we. that doesn't come out until sometime in 2023. Yeah. Um, we'll learn more. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I know it'll be a competently made film. Mm-hmm. I just like. With what they did with Halloween ends just left such a bad taste in my mouth with that franchise because of how strong it started off with that 2018 mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, and even Halloween Kills wasn't terrible. The Rampage was was enjoyable. The, yeah. I mean, but though when I watched a trailer the other day because I hadn't seen it. And like, in all honesty, the firefighter scene... Like they show a lot of that, oh, and that yeah. was like a lot of the best parts. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of other good kills, but that rampage was like, you know, with the fucking house on fire and shit. Yeah. And he's just like coming back, like, yeah, dude, <laughs> arising from you know, that was that was a dope ass scene. Um, so with that being said, let's take a listen to the trailer for 1974's Black Christmas. Let's synopsize it, and then we'll talk talk about it. girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. Yeah, what I've done is I've tapped this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. Your phone's ringing. 
Scram. It's group 140, terminal 55. Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. An unseen man climbs the exterior of a sorority house where a Christmas party is being held and enters the attic. The house phone rings and Jess Bradford answers to discover it is an obscene phone call from a person who has called before known as the moaner. Jess calls the other sorority girls and they listen as the caller rants, moans, and screams in strange voices. The girls are initially startled by the caller, but Barb, an inebriated student, insults the caller after a moment of bickering, the call threat threatens to kill them in a sudden low tone. A younger student, Claire Harrison, suggests that the caller could be a rapist before returning to her bedroom to pack her suitcase. Right when she leaves, Mrs. Mrs. Mack, the house mother, arrives and is immediately given a negligee by the girls. As Claire packs her things upstairs, she fails to notice the intruder hiding behind a plastic bag in her closet. Claire eventually hears a cat meowing from the closet and slowly approaches it, only to be suffocated with a plastic dress bag. As the party wraps up, the killer carries Claire's body into the attic and places her in a rocking chair by the attic window. The following morning, Claire's father arrives to take her home for Christmas break, but when she fails to show up, Mrs. Mack assumes Claire went to the fraternity house for the party and helps Mr. Harrison look for her. Later that day, Jess goes to the conservatory to meet her boyfriend Peter and explains to him that she is pregnant and planning to get an abortion. This angers Peter and forces her to continue this discussion later that night. In town, Mr. Harrison, Barb, and Phil attempt to report Claire as missing to Sergeant Nash, who doesn't take them seriously until Chris Hayden, Claire's boyfriend, barges in angrily later that night and demands something be done about Claire's disappearance. At the police station, 
they learn that a high school girl, Janice, has also vanished. After putting a drunken barb to bed, Mr. Harrison, Chris, Jess, and Phil help search for the missing girl. Meanwhile, the house mother, Mrs. Mack, discovers Claire's body when the killer throws a crane hook into her face, hanging and killing her. In the park, the missing girl's disfigured body is found by the police. Jess answers another obscene phone call and decides to file a report with the police, only to Peter, only for Peter to surprise her. He attempts to persuade her into marriage, but she refuses and reaffirms her decision to have an abortion. Peter leaves angrily while Lieutenant Fuller arrives with a telephone lineman to bug the phone. Jess stays to pick up the phone, but leaves when she hears Barb having an asthma attack. Barb claims that she had a nightmare where she saw a man walk into her room. After calming her down, Jess hears Christmas carolers at the front door and leaves Barb unattended. The killer walks into Barb's room and stabs her to death with a glass unicorn figurine. Her cries for help are drowned out by the caroling. Jess experiences another unnerving phone call in which the caller restates an argument, her argument with Peter. Lieutenant Fuller calls her to say the attempt to trace the call failed and theorizes that Peter could be responsible, but Jess doubts it. After Jess and Phil are spooked by a couple of search party members, they set out and lock up every door and window in the house. Phil sees Barb's door closed and goes to check on her, only for her to be killed off screen. Jess gets one final phone call in which the killer alludes to some sort of transgression between two children named Agnes and Billy. The call is long enough to be traced and Sergeant Nash instructs Jess to leave the house immediately as the calls are coming from within the house. Concerned for Barb and Phil, she ventures upstairs where she discovers their bodies. Jess sees the killer's eye through a crack in the door as he slowly begins to close it on her. She slams the door in his face and runs downstairs. Jess flees into the basement and locks it shut, uh, locks it shut as the killer bangs on it. She then hears footsteps walking around and presumably the front door opening. However, when she walks downstairs into the basement, Jess sees Peter peek through the window and call her name. He breaks a window and enters the basement as he calls her name worriedly. Once Peter finds her, he begins approaching her as she backs away and clutches the fire poker. The police arrive and hear Jess screaming. They discover her barely conscious in the basement with Peter's bloody body next to her. Believing that Peter was the killer, they put Jess to bed, sedated and in her room, and leave her alone in the house, with a cop standing outside. The killer's voice is heard from the addict, implying that he is very much still alive. The still undiscovered bodies of Claire and Ms. Mack are seen through the attic window before the house's telephone begins to ring, leaving just fate, uh, leaving her fate ambiguous as credits roll. So, what'd you think of '74's Black Christmas? Fucking masterpiece, dude. <laughs> This movie was so good. I honestly, I think my favorite part of all of it um, was uh, how it was filmed. 
there were so many fucking parts in it where I loved the camera angles. I loved. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even some of them felt super simple or like maybe a little just overused, but it was just, I fucking loved it, dude. Um, the way that they used a lot of like silence to really emphasize just like, you know, there wasn't no, no jump scares and nope. the blood was very minimal. Oh, yeah. Um, there was no like loud to ten, like, and the music was it. It was, and you're right. Um, nobody really gets killed on screen, right? Um, however, when he throws that fucking um, pulley thing at her dome piece, it doesn't look like the hook is coming at her. It looks like the actually pulley thingy is coming yeah, at her does. head, and it, it clunks her. Yeah, I thought it was a little kind of a far stretch to fucking say that it like hooked her and he pulled her up through yeah. it. But yeah, um, I, I think I thought it was amazing. I thought all the acting was great on it. Um, I don't. The only person that really uh, gave me um, Franklin energy was just the stupid cop. Oh, yeah. Nash. Uh, Nash. Um, <laughs> also, even though the the lieutenant guy had an American flag on his desk, mm-hmm. was this film near Canada or in Canada? I think they did film it in Canada. Okay. Cause I'm pretty damn sure. There was a lot of, I mean, the snow, the fucking, yeah. I, I heard A a couple times, like... They just seem kind of Canadian-ishy. What I really dug with this movie is the director of photography on it, Albert Dunk. Um, he actually manufactured his own harness rig mm-hmm. that would the camera would sit on his shoulder, and it was attached to him. Mm-hmm. So he had full like so when he's he's legitimately climbing that fucking trellis at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, with a fucking you can see the shadow of millimeter it. camera mm-hmm. attached to him. Yeah. Um. So, I think developing that that harness. Yeah, technology really gave the POV of Billy a really creepy look. Uh huh. Very creepy. And- this was 74? Yes. Texas Chainsaw was 70... 74. Came out earlier that year. So Texas came out earlier before Black Christmas did? Oh, and I thought you said that Halloween or... uh, Not Texas. I'm sorry. Halloween. My bad. Yeah, Halloween was 78. 78. So that's where they got that from, right? Except Mm. for the first person behind the mask part. Them (coughs) wearing it all first person like that was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so like this is legitimately one of the OG slasher films. Um, the only movies prior to this, obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre that same year. Um, a Bay of Blood was made in 1971 was a slasher flick. And the only other two technically that are slasher films were uh all the way back in 1960 was Psycho and Peeping Tom. So this is one of the original slasher movies. Um, and they made it for $620,000 on this one. So quite a bit more money than they had for Halloween. It's a lot of um, money, bro. Yeah. And like a lot of it went into, because I know that the, the house wasn't built for them. It was a legit house that they rented out Mm -hmm. for the shoot. And I think I read that they shot this movie in 40 days, I believe, the entire production time. So to you, is that a lot? Yeah, that's given the fact like Adam Green on, I think, Victor Crawley had made shot that movie in 15 days. Mm. Like the lower budget you get. 
the shorter your schedule is like because they don't want you using fucking money so <laughs> yeah well then does that mean they probably pumped some of the money into the because the, the acting was decent right? i mean most of the actors oh, are pretty yeah, good yeah, so yeah. they probably had to pay the like the girl that played jess olivia hussey um she was fairly popular at the time mm -hmm. like i think when this came out her most well-known role was she played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, the original movie. Oh, okay. Um, so I think she was 17 or 18 when she made that one. Um, and for the life of me, I honestly don't remember what year that that was made, but she looks quite a bit older in this one than she did in Romeo and Juliet. Um, Margot Kidder is in this and she plays lois lane in the superman movies with uh christopher reeves and chick was smoking bro <laughs> yeah. yeah she was definitely a looker but yeah she's a little psycho yeah she's well, a little psycho now <laughs> her accent was throwing me the fuck off bro she spoke like an old-timey lady right you know what i mean that's what i said like very proper but i don't know um the girl the little curly haired chick with the glasses yeah, phyllis phyllis now was that is that the same chick that uh is in cheers no it uh, looks like her it though. does look like it looks her. like rita perlman i was like dude it's like a super mega young version of her <laughs> yeah. yeah she actually uh when they remade black christmas and i think it was 2006 she actually uh comes back and she plays in that one, the Ms. Mackerel in the remake. The the drinking chick? No, the... The housewife? Curly hair um, one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she plays the house mom in the 2006 version. And I don't think anybody else makes an appearance in it, really. I, I don't think so. Um, Who plays Billy? I honestly do not know. Okay. Do they keep it a mystery like all darkness? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Like um, on the phone calls, I know a lot of that was Bob Clark, the director and everything. Um, and I know that when they were shooting the movie, what the obscene caller is saying was a lot less obscene <laughs> when he was uh, talking to them through the phone on set. Um, but in post-production during editing, he graphicked it the fuck up. Like a pretty <laughs> pink cunt. <laughs> Shocked by juicy cock. He has to go all out. <laughs> yes. And what I always liked about those phone calls um, is it's, it's legitimately kind of creepy. Like, mm -hmm. cause there's moments the way they edited it. I think it's fucking brilliant where it sounds like there's more than one person talking yeah. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear multiple things going on. And the fact that us as the viewer knows that it's a single person. Yeah. That's fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah. Especially if he's giving off like the, the, um, schizo vibe, right? Yeah. So if he's got multiple personalities, now you're hearing multiple of his personalities at the same fucking time. Yeah. 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 That was super creepy. And what I liked about the, the premise of this, the calls coming from inside the house. Uh, they actually, that whole thing was stolen and used for the opening 20 minutes of when a stranger calls. 
so that movie blatantly rips. <laughs> they even say it. The callers and the calls are coming from inside the house in the movie. Yeah. Well, I feel like you've heard, like, you hear that, like, multiple times now. It yeah. became, like, a theme. Just, like, the heavy breathing, like, phone call oh, sheds, yeah, 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 you yeah. know. And um, um, I'm trying to think. I know, yeah, this has to be one of the first seasonal horror movies I think that was ever made. Um only followed up by fucking Halloween, which oddly enough was a Bob Clark idea. He was originally going to make a sequel to Black Christmas and set it on Halloween. Oh. So for the longest time, there was even a website dedicated to it that Halloween is a sequel to Black Christmas <laughs> in a way. Mm, um, well, I don't tend to believe that, but. Um, what do you think about the the way this movie ended? Um, so I was picturing pretty much one of a couple different ways of how it was going to end. As you see her laying in the bed, and then I was picturing either him just walking up, like up to the doorway, and you seeing a shadow or something, um, or um, kind of like exactly how they did it, where you would just see the the fucking the attic door open or whatever but the fact that they and even ended it with uh the phone ringing because that was my that was my knee jerk was like okay now the phone's gonna start ringing yeah. right but again she's passed out she's not gonna hear it yeah um but the fact that the phone do you think that they untapped the phone and it was ringing at the police station again that i'm don't know. But I, I i love that so much fucking mystery and like yeah. it like you feel like it isn't like a like a mystery film. Like you're like, okay, what the fuck? Because like even you're like, is it's not it's not Peter. There's no way it's Peter. But then at the end you're like, is it, is Peter? it Peter? Is it? There's no like, way. Even the way he like breaks in mm -hmm. to the basement and kind of like his movements and yeah. shit make him seem like he's creepy. They really played it off that he very much could be the killer. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first time I saw this. I legit thought he was until the very ending. Oh, really? And yeah. And honestly, the ending originally pissed me off. <laughs> really? Because I was one of those people that I want to know who it is. I want to see the killer. Uh huh. I don't care if the killer survives. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that you never actually see the most you see is that one shot of the eye. Yeah. And. In earlier when the fucking the crane hook thing, you see another just shot of the eyes. That's it. Um, in that shot that you're talking about, when they do that close up to the pupil, a part of me kind of thought that I saw multiple pupils or like different colors, right, but it could have right. been shading or yeah. whatever. Um, but it did look like he had he had two pupils. Yeah, it was creepy. That was classic and creepy and. It was nothing, right? It was nothing. It was just a close-up yep. with dope lighting and some creepy just like eye movement. And him being behind the door saying something about Agnes. Mm -hmm. What have you done with the baby? Yeah. Um, I wish we had more of a backstory about what Agnes is. Obviously, it's Billy's sister. Mm -hmm. Did he kill her? Like, because you hear you left Billy with Agnes, alone with Agnes. What'd you do with, where'd you put Agnes, Billy? Where'd you put Agnes? But we never get a payoff at all, it, which is kind of hard 
because we can't get that paid off because we don't even know who the killer is. Then that to me almost kind of in the background does the, the Michael connection, the yeah. Halloween connection, yeah. right? Be, you know, except they just blatantly like, you know, show it, but yeah, this just hints towards it. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit more truth, that little theory. Right. I mean, I bet we could probably put a lot of connections to it, but yeah. Um, and I love the fact like the studio that made like the higher ups and the people that were producing this movie, really fought Bob Clark on the ending. Like they wanted a completely different ending shot um, where everything gets wrapped up all neat and nice and tidy. Like mm. the way I originally wanted it. Right. Um, but he stuck to his guns. He's like, no, I want a bleak fucking ending. Yeah. Because we're going to leave her in the house with okay. the killer and there's cops there too. Mm-hmm. So he's going to, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Like literally it's just a matter of him going down the fucking ladder and wiping out everybody remaining left, uh, left in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this movie. Like, yeah. I love the fact that the deaths are very subtle. I think there's a total of eight deaths in this movie. Yes. Um, very little blood, very like the only real blood that you see is one. It's on Peter at the end. Um, kind the, of splatters on the camera a little yeah. bit at that one spot. Um, the cop with the, the cop throat. With the throat. Yep. Um, it, the bloody. The unicorn. Corn, yeah. Yep. That's literally the only blood in the movie. Um, because Bob, Bob Clark felt that. L- leaving stuff to the imagination was more terrifying than just being brutal, brutal, brutal. But that seems to be like the, cause you guys, we bring this up every single time. Yeah, Hitchcock, yeah. right? That's yep. what Hitchcock does. Yep. It just gives me a reason and an excuse to say cock again. Um, <laughs> but he, 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 he created that then essentially, right? Cause he's, he's older than this shit, right? He was like fifties oh, yeah. and shit. Like or something, Psycho 60. was, he released that in 60. 60. Okay. Yeah. He was he was a god king man. He knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, we all copied him. I think it's great. It's like this movie has been in my staple of holiday horror over twenty years. Yeah. Um, I've in doing research for uh, recording this today, I found out that supposedly this was Elvis Presley's favorite movie and his family to this day in his memory watch it every christmas yeah good yeah. i wonder if you ever wrote a song about it or like hinted towards it you know what i mean right um fuck i was gonna ask you something uh god damn it uh oh the part where the f- the, the first time that they're on the phone and you hear him doing it's like you know they go whatever i think one of my most favorite first camera shots is the close-up of it kind of like panning to each one of them and Uh, the faces and you can just hear it coming and uh, going and then it like and then at the very end it gets like right up to her real close yeah i just just over and over and over again that this whole fucking movie i was like i just i love how this was shot oh yeah the camera work is fucking 
extremely phenomenal. What else has that dude done? Because I would like to see more of him. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I honestly did not uh, dive into his filmography, but it would be worth checking to see what else he's done. Because obviously, like he's he created that entire rig to where he could walk around freely, use both hands, mm -hmm. what not having to hold the camera. Right. Um, that's ingenious. Right? Yeah. I I put the shooting on this one on par with how Dean Cundy shot Halloween. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Cundy did a lot more side scrolling, uh, shit like that. This I feel like this one was a lot more kind of like things in like the foreground and then like coming yeah. zoom, zooming into the background yep. um, or just super close up focus pools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a group of those. Uh, it was just even some of the, like the, the real high shots that then panned down and whatnot. I've, this was like in my book, one of one of the, probably the coolest films in, in my opinion that yeah. I've seen in a long, long time. And like I, when Claire is getting killed, the look of terror in her eyes, like you have to trust your co-actor because they that would she was literally getting that plastic bag over her head. Um, yeah, that's terrifying in itself. Yeah, <laughs> and like it it plays beautifully, mm -hmm. and I like the fact that they keep cutting back to her up in the attic with the bag on her head and yeah. everything. Um, and he was like interacting with them and shit and mm -hmm. like talking to them. And then he had those just like fit terrors and yeah, rage. Yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was disturbed. Schizophrenic, uh, probably special something somehow like Spectrum or something. Kind of like how they did with Texas Chainsaw. Like he was disturbed too. You know what I mean? They're, they really yeah. make it seem like that. And I think that's what makes it different from Michael, right? Michael was born this the fuck way yeah and whereas these other people are just like they were born deranged and you can tell that they've just got problems but like michael is super cool and confident with who he is yeah i'm content right. i want to fucking kill things and that's what i do yeah with no emotion or fucking feeling um what'd you think uh how'd you like seeing uh john saxon playing detective fuller okay in this uh john saxon detective fuller uh was like the like the older dude right like the yeah. the guy in charge yeah um, he played uh nancy's dad in nightmare on elm street fuck and i've only seen nightmare on elm street once um and i didn't really recognize and that was in the 80s so he's obviously yeah. his career stayed with this shit he probably looked older obviously mm -hmm. um I think his acting in this was fucking badass oh he's he a great a, fucking actor did a killer ass job like i loved him uh I think it was actually, I believe it was made before this. I think it, Enter the Dragon had to have been before 74, I think. Like legit Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon? Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, that Enter the Dragon was 70s, 80s-ish, right? 79? I was, thought, I was thinking it was like the late 70s. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when did Bruce Lee die? 81, 82? Yeah. Something like that. But um yeah, I remember seeing the going back and rewatching Enter the Dragon and not remembering that John Saxon was into them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I know that guy. Um who do you think was the weakest link in the acting front? 
Um, ooh, and I'm maybe I'm just and he said his name was Nash, right? Yeah, maybe it was just Nash, just because I thought he was just the dumbest one out of the out of the lot. But like, he just kind of like blink stares a lot of time. He's just like doing everything wrong. I don't know. Maybe he needed to be in there for us just to be just to yeah. hate him or something. Um, other than that, the worst. Mm, I loved the the house mom or whatever. I loved her. I thought she was badass. I thought her acting was good. Uh, the main character chick was good. The little mousy chick with glasses was good. Um, See, I'd have to say Peter. Uh, oh yeah, the weakest. Yes, leg. thank you. Peter was a piece of shit. I didn't really like him at all. <coughs> Peter. Oh yeah, his his character was fucking. He gave me Frank vibes. Yeah, his acting yeah. sucked. They gave him a few lines ish. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, so the whole abortion thing in the beginning, mm -hmm. do you think they threw that in there? Because was that controversial at the time during oh, the fucking yeah. 70s, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I don't know too much about that time period with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So I figured, you know, and that's controversy, right? They throw Ooh. it into a horror film. Yeah, because that's that was a big deal back in the early 70s. Because um, I'm trying to think when Roe versus Wade happened. Yo. It was within that time frame i think mm -hmm. but and like i i love olivia hussey's performance in this um you could tell she's trying to subdue her accent but she, she cannot not have her british accent like <laughs> so is that the main character chick yeah oh so that's the accent i was talking about she's british yeah oh, okay Okay, it was fucking apparent. So you think she was trying to cover it up and hide I it? I think she was trying to <laughs> oh, no. kill it. <laughs> it was definitely it there. Did not help. <laughs> what else? What else has she been in? Uh, she played Juliet Romeo oh, and Juliet. Okay, I think you might have said. Um, she's done a she. She's dabbled in the horror field a little more, but um, <clears throat> mainly like anymore. You, you ever hear anything from her? It's like Lifetime movies, and shit like <laughs> she that. She hates men still. Um, Thanks, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Bob Clark, uh, Bob Clark a hell of a lot of credit. He was not afraid of like offending people. Right? He gave zero shits. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's hilarious. Is that? He goes from making this movie to making Porky's a few years later. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then he jumps and makes the probably the most notorious holiday movie ever made, A Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, he started with Christmas Murder and ended with Christmas Cheer. Are you fucking serious? Wow. And you know what? Maybe that, maybe that was instilled inside of me when you're like, oh, they made a fucking sequel to that movie, and I was like, oh, cool, it's gonna be like you know, awful, you know, murderous and awful, yeah. and not really knowing that that yes. <laughs> was made by the same fucker. Yes. That is tight. Uh, it's definitely an interesting mm -hmm. shift. Because I am one of those guys that I will watch Black Christmas and follow it up with watching A Christmas Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the way I look at it, it's the Bob Clark classics. Um, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He passed away shortly after the they remade back in 2006. Um, but like, there, there's not a Bob Clark movie I've seen that is 
trash. Yeah. They're they're all enjoyable. That's good. He lived a legacy uh, then with yeah. what he created. Yeah. They should make a dark Christmas story, like, and call it that shit. And it's, like, essentially the same story, but all just, fo- you know. Right. Maybe, uh, everybody turns to zombies or some shit or vampires or a mix of all. I don't know. <laughs> you know that scene when Peter's, like, kind of, like, uh, looking through the window and shit? Uh-huh. Any part of you, when you first saw this, think that you were going to watch him get murdered? No, because I think they really wanted to play on the fact that the killer was Peter. Mm-hmm. So, and with, like I said, how he's playing it so creepy and everything. Okay. Um, that had to help portray yeah. the, the doubt in your mind that that's probably could be and his ass. it had to give her enough of a reason to kill Peter. <clears throat> that brings up a really good point too. I noticed that, like, technically speaking, yes, it was to save. She was fighting for her life, right? Yeah. But they, they just said, yeah, he, she totally fucking murdered Peter, and they were content with it. Just leave her there. She's sleeping, yeah. right? Technically, she did murder somebody in self defense. However, <laughs> yeah. just let her stay in her own little house that she stayed up. No hospital, no fucking yeah, nothing. <laughs> do you honestly think she'd want to remain in that house? No, not the fuck at all. <laughs> yeah, and they just left her alone. Yeah, that was little. Um, there was a bit in the beginning. Uh, Fuck, I did it again. Brain we fart? It did, yeah, because I was like, there was something in the beginning that I wanted to ask you. Oh, my God, I hate my brain. It'll come back it to you. Yeah, we'll just fucking keep rolling with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. ADD sucks, dude. It's a real thing. Um, did you agree with the decision when they're uh, searching the park uh, for the little girl? Do you agree with us not seeing the aftermath of the little girl to keeping it to your imagination well and then can we also assume that it was him do we know that they're connected do we have to assume that i've always assumed that yeah that's where he started and then he kind of oh that's what i remembered the fucking in the the beginning bit when she's like you guys left the front door open was that he did that billy left the fucking front door open or do you think because he only walks no, up and then comes back. He walks and climbs the trellis and immediately goes into the attic window. But didn't he walk up to the front door prior when he's like looking through the window and shit? Like he uh, went towards it, but mm. he didn't open the door. Okay. So this dumb bitch has just left the fucking front door open. It's yeah. cold as Christ. Why the hell would right. you do that, dude? Mm. Back to the the Janice girl. Um, I do kind of I, like. I'm happy that they didn't show the little girl. Um, they, like I said, I like when think some things are left to your imagination mm-hmm. in movies. Um, and this movie honestly didn't need to show a dead little girl, um, to make that a s- scene an emotional scene. Um, yeah. it works perfectly the way it is, but a quick flash like they did with the, um, well, who, uh, when the one chick gets killed with the unicorn. Oh, yeah, Barb. Barb. When Bar- Barb gets murdered, they do just flash it for a moment. Yep. And, I mean, if if he wanted to take it a little next... But you know what? I think that might have fucked with the rating. This is rated R, I imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not, it's not a hard R in my opinion. No, and honestly, I think if this movie was made today, I'd probably get a fucking PG thirteen. There's no fucking nudity. No, and I don't I don't think I heard fuck at all in it, or hardly any cursing. Well, no, well the he does say like, cur- like you know, the, look at your cunt. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, mm. the the phone calls. But nobody else or the other adults. definitely what warrants this R <laughs> yeah. rating. Okay. Um, like Just, the pretty pink cunt. Yeah. Piggy cunt. <laughs> um, like, and actually, this movie, because of that, <clears throat> they had to change a lot of the dialogue. Otherwise, the UK was going to ban it. I thought the UK uses the word I, cunt way more than we I do. That's what I think. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Back in the 70s. No, dude, they've always said cunt. Always. Yeah. Since back in the day. I just think it's hilarious that the country that's known for saying that <laughs> is getting pissy with the amount that Bob Clark uses yeah. it in this movie. They're trying to take the cunt out of country. And it's, um, huh, that's fucking interesting. Um, did this have to get toned down at all or anything uh, in regards when they were trying to write like they did with te- uh, Texas? Like I said, um, the only thing... That the studio really had an issue with was how Bob Clark ended the movie. Oh, they completely they wanted a completely different ending. Like I said, they wanted a nice wrapped up tie tie the bow and all that shit. Um, but Bob Clark just stood his ground. He's like, no, I want this omni ominous fucking bleak ending. Yeah, um, where you don't know what's gonna happen to the f- survivor girl because. Chances are she ain't going to make it through the fucking night. We all know that. The killer's still in the fucking attic. Um, and they still haven't found Claire or Ms. Mac's body. Which in was the a attic. little. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they just like. Like they just stopped. They just gave up. Yeah. They're done looking. Okay, well, he's dead. And <laughs> yeah. these bodies have never been found. Just yeah. wait around. Because I think even like uh, Chris, Claire's boyfriend. Like one of the last things he says is, oh, "I'm sure Claire, Claire's okay. We'll find her. We'll find her." Mm-hmm. Um, trying to be the beacon of hope. Um, I like how finally at the very end, Claire's dad like faints from shock after the whole events of the day. Because um, I'm pretty sure he's figured out. All these people in this house are dead. Chances are my little girl is yeah is gone. <laughs> um, but I like the way that that actor actually portrayed that character, though. It played mm-hmm. a very dry, um, not over the top. It was very, very quite subdued performance, I'd say. Like a subtly concerned parent. You know, yeah. like he was, yeah. he was pretty cool comic collect for the thing being in... He did kind of take all the situations pretty well. His acting wasn't too bad either. Um, Dude definitely bald as a fucking cue ball, though. Yeah. Holy <laughs> fuck, he had a big fucking bald dome. <laughs> Everybody, I, and he did have like an oddly shaped head. I'm yeah. Just, that sounds weird for me to say, but ooh, that boy had a fucking weird <laughs> noggin. You can see the reflection of the boom mic just kind of glistening in his dome piece. Right. Like, we can't do any of these shots outside during the day because he will blind most of us. <laughs> <laughs> My retinas! Um. <clears throat> Is this a movie that you go uh, go out of your way to watch again? Oh, yeah. Uh, again, just... 
this is a masterpiece, kind of how I ranted on and on and on about how Halloween was such a super masterpiece uh, and like so was Texas. This, uh, again, and I think it's because it's it's a 70s feel. It's, this, you know, the 70s technology that they had, you know, the the fucking gear, the clothes, you know, oh, yeah. all the, the setting, um, even the way that they acted back then. And um, this movie was so fucking badass. What amazes me is that this movie was shot for over... About four hundred thousand dollars more than Halloween was, and Halloween was uh, four years after this, and it had a much smaller budget. Dude, somebody but it had just as fucking good. Yeah, somebody, had, dude. Honestly, where all that money went? Because again, the production for this maybe, make the, but that was a real house. Maybe renting it for. Uh, 40 days yeah. there's no way you know uh, I think someone had some like addictions yeah some of those gambling or just massive amounts of blow because um, they, they definitely didn't have to spend a lot of money on special effects no there was no special effects no, literally dude. some little bit of blood here on the fucking mm -hmm. uh, the neck of the cop yeah on the fucking figurine the unicorn um, that is one of my favorite kills, the unicorn. death by unicorn. Yeah. Um, that thing was sharp as shit, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> he fucking sautés that bitch. You know what I did love about him? Uh, it kind of reminded me of Alien uh, okay. in the sense of, like, how you don't really get to fucking see it, you know, at all. And it mm. creeps and, like, it comes from above, right? And it comes from the attic. It's like this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. demon in the attic and it kind of comes down. It fucking kills someone and then it takes it away yeah. and then it's gone. And then you just see the, it, the, the lid close and it was very menacing, very creepy. This was a badass movie. I would, if this shit comes to any of our like, you know, hipster theaters where I don't, is, is that shit still around? Yeah. The, um, I can't remember the name of the theater out here. I don't think it's around anymore. Uh, I used to go to the Madcap. No, the the other one that was like a bar you, you could drink while. Oh, the Alamo Draft House. Alamo. I don't think that's around anymore. No, they're completely gone. Fuck. Well, the, um, they used to do shit like this now, though. Like look, I think is what it's called now. That's the name. Look. Yeah. But they still do cinema and beer and mm -hmm. old shit. Oh, yeah. If this comes to theaters at one of those, I one hundred percent without a doubt, I'm gonna go fucking see this. Yeah, and like, I will take as many people as I can go. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, I recommend if you can get a chance to see an actual 35 millimeter screening of it mm -hmm. where it's not a digital projection, this movie looks amazing on film. So this, what we saw was a digital projection? Well, yeah, because everything now is fucking Blu-ray and shit. Oh, okay. Um, but when I went to Chandler Cinemas uh, back in the day... They legit had a 35 millimeter print of this movie, and it just looks granted. Some of the scenes had seen better days, <laughs> um, but there's just something watching film being projected, it has a warmth to it. Yeah, and you mean like the real to real, like the shit we watched when we were in like actually elementary school? Yeah. When they come out, oh, we're going to watch a movie now and shit. Yep. Clack, 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 clack. Yep. Okay. All right. I didn't know that was 35 mil. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it just looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but now it's so fucking hard. Like, I know, like, uh, Tempe Cinemas, the Michael Pollock movie theater, mm -hmm. they don't even have film projectors anymore it's all digital projectors it sucks there's got to be some kind of hipster one left around who still does it i'm sure there's oh, they don't even, because they don't release them a few places i think it's called the majestic okay 
I know they still run 35 millimeter screening sometimes, but that's normally like um, cult classics. But it's not like they burned them or got rid of them, right? I mean, it just means like, look, we're going to be a theater that th- strictly only does just whatever the fuck is left that we can find. Mm-hmm. We won't do any more digital. Sh- and maybe if we do, it'll be one theater. But for the most part, it's going to be all that would make a killing, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I, Tons of people go to that shit. Copyrights, yeah. maybe? No, yeah. they bought it. They own the... That could be a really interesting gray area. Mm. I know like when Midnight Movie Mamacita, she had to jump through a lot of legal like legal hoops mm. to be able to do her uh, horror movies every month. Because um, she would pick up two prints of something yeah like uh we saw this one but this wasn't uh the double feature this one when i went went and saw it it was just individually the movie by itself um but it, it it looks so different than watching like the blu-ray copy or a dvd copy takes Um, away from it i bet huh yeah yeah like this version that we watched looks great Mm -hmm. i remember like the first blu-ray i had of this movie it was not kind of this movie like it was grainy dirty like the, my DVD copy looked better than the Blu-ray. Like, <laughs> right. It did not, they did not do a good job on the very first Blu-ray release of this. Huh. Um, and that really upset me. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it, you fuckers. Yeah. Technology, no. And I think now they have it in 4K. Mm. So... I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think I need to see this in 4K. I think you're raping it. Like, just let me uh, have. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be that pristine. As yeah, as worse quality as I can get within, you know, obviously the the greatness <coughs> of of you know what what it was. <clears throat> um, I still liked watching this on fucking old fucking VHS. Hey, this is a great movie for that. I keep forgetting, and I keep asking. Uh, this came out seventy seventy four four and Halloween seventy eight. Okay, so the calling on the phone. They do that mm-hmm. Halloween, right? Yep. Um, the creepiness of not really. I don't know. I I, I honestly almost want to do some homework on on the side to kind of learn more about right. that whole theory to see how many things I could connect. That's kind of got me excited now. Well, I can tell you this on the remake. They go into a lot more of Billy's backstory and you actually see Billy in this one and Agnes. I'm not a fan of the remake, but Mm. if you ever wanted a backstory of Billy, you'll get it in this one. Um, When was the remake? then? 2006, I believe. Mm. Like, let's put it this way. It goes to this point that Billy's mom doesn't did, never wanted him. So like even at one point she breaks a fucking ornament, glass ornament and puts it in his crib when he's a baby. Um <clears throat> then her boyfriend kills his father and the father was the only one that loved Billy. So the mom locks Billy in the attic. And leaves him there. Oh. And one night, his she is 
trying to have sex with her boyfriend. Okay. He's drunk as a fucking skunk, can't get it up. She goes up in the attic, rapes her son. Oh, my fucking God. Are gets, you serious? And gets pregnant with Agnes. <laughs> so they go straight up incest. Wow. <laughs> That escalated very fucking quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Did not see that coming at all. My God. Yeah, it's a completely different feeling movie. So now he's got a, a brother. A sister daughter? A sister daughter. <laughs> oh, Agnes, yeah. Agnes? Um, I think you might get a kick out of checking that one out, but... It's actually been, uh, this movie's actually been remade twice. Mm. There was uh, another remake, I want to say, that came out in 2017, 2018. Okay. But it is so far, far different than yeah. this, than what the original source material was. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that this movie takes place at a sorority house and it's on Christmas is the only similarities to Black Christmas in that uh, in that particular version. Um, okay, do you think that they went in a different direction in a good way, or no? No, it was fucking... I think the movie's awful. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Again, it, these remakes of remakes are going to be trash it, time and time again. It goes like Secret Society culty. Oh, word? It. Yeah, it's like... But, a, you know, I like that kind of shit, though, but you think it just sucks? Yeah, I just was not executed okay. the right way. That's fair. I might give it a shot just to see, because um, I like culty shit. That stuff's always fun, or like conspiracy yeah. jazz. <laughs> oh, because you were talking about how Nash is just such a fucking bumbling buffoon of a cop. What did you think of the Buchanan character? Uh, all he ever does, all he's there laughs. for is laughing. Yeah, that's all he does. <laughs> that's it. So does that? Does he get paid for that dialogue? Does laughter consider? <laughs> How many haws did I get paid for? <laughs> well, then he says, no, he just kind of laughs. And he when when they're doing the fellatio bit or whatever, oh, I love that. Yeah, he. I don't. He says a couple words, but yeah, that guy's just there to kind of laugh. Uh, <laughs> what is this? That's the number at the sorority house. <laughs> fellatio. <laughs> One of the girls came came down and gave it me gave it to me earlier. She gave it to you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just such a lovable idiot. Well, and that's why I also kind of thought they were and not you know I thought that they were Canadian because they're so innocent at times. They are just kind of like <laughs> yeah. you know just real. And that guy just seemed like a nice guy. Oh, like in um, oh fuck me, uh, uh, Buscemi, uh, Fargo. Fucking oh, yeah, Fargo, yeah, 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 you know yeah. the the main cop character. Yeah. He's just kind of like dopey and da 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 da. That's kind of how I kind of felt. Uh, he was just kind of really innocent, <laughs> nice guy. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's your favorite scene? Do you think out of all of it? My favorite scene in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I love the reveal behind the door. Okay, with, with the, the eye. eye. Yeah, I love that scene, mm-hmm. and because it's just master masterfully shot. Yeah, and it. it it's legitimately fucking creepy. It's suspenseful. Um, and like when she slams the door into him, you don't have to see it, but he gets violent quick <laughs> yeah. and loud quick. Yeah. Um, like that, 
that dude's got some issues. He <laughs> does. When they when they do the eye reveal, it kind of always reminds me of Army of Darkness when he's got the eye growing out of his shoulder. Oh yeah, you yeah, know when yeah. he kind of it splits open. Yeah. Uh huh. That's that's what that scene kind of remind me of a little bit too. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it was um, creepy. Do you recommend this movie? Hundred percent, man. Uh, for it to be. I'm really happy that we started with a fucking like a couple classics in the beginning that got me like super pumped to see the uh, old ones. And then we kind of, you know, veered off to some of the other shit, some good, some bad, whatever. And then now we came back to <coughs> like the nice old 70 status mm-hmm. again. And I, I fucking love this movie so much. Yeah. Because uh, like I said, there's something about that era in horror movies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> They just have a different feel to them. They do. They just have a completely different vibe to them. Um, and even though there's only four years difference between uh, Texas Chainsaw, this, and Halloween, um, you so of those three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the most inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Then Halloween, then this. I think this and uh, Halloween look very, very similar. Okay. You can see the the problems with the type of film that they used on Texas Chainsaw Mm -hmm. because it's not nearly as crisp as like what this one Mm -hmm. looks like or Halloween. Yeah. Um, and, And it shouldn't because... To me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is always going to be like a grindhouse, drive-in style movie. Right. Um, it, it It's not supposed to look polished. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be rough around the edges. And that's why I think what makes it fucking work. And it's just weird to see this movie come out the same year as that. And granted, this movie had a lot more money in the budget. But they just are two completely different looking movies. Maybe that's what it is, man. Maybe the different technology. Maybe they use different cameras, right? Or oh, maybe I, I believe that if uh, you, this was shot on thirty-five. I know Texas Chainsaw was shot on a sixteen millimeter, so it was a lot smaller of a frame size. So it's not going to look as crisp as thirty-five. Um, that's just never going to happen. Okay. Um, but I, th- I think they did a great job with this movie. Like yeah. I fucking love this movie. What would you give it out of, uh, t- one to 10? Ooh, man. We didn't, honestly, we didn't bitch about it. There was nothing no, really to complain about. No. Um, ex- well, except for she did for somebody who has asthma and has used an inhaler. We all know that she shouldn't have. She was using it upside down. And it doesn't work that way. And it does not work that way. And you can't. Yeah. And then also when they're chopping in the door uh, to get into the basement bit, Uh they like they're like slamming the shit out of it, chipping all these holes into it. And then they just like open it. Like like it just it just seemed like it just all like open up real easy. But other than that, I can see the shadow of the camera. I think in one of the bits when he's walking up or going up the ladder. Um, oh, yeah. Other than that, there was nothing else. There was no music really, hardly at all. Like no. I, I didn't, except the goddamn carolers, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I would give this shit fuck out of ten. It was so well done, dude. It's it's easily an eight, eight and a half, like eight nine. I 
I fucking loved it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid eight and a half. Yeah. Like I love this fucking movie. I want people to see this. Um, if you haven't, go see this shit. It yeah, was great. It there hasn't been a December that I have not watched this movie in almost 20 years. Yeah. Um what good reason, bro. This shit was tight. Yeah, it's fun. Um got me excited in a different way. Like Night of the Demons excited, but like more of I I respect it. This was this was well made. See, you know I love I mean? like uh, one of the taglines from this movie came out on the poster. Mm-hmm. It was like, if this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <coughs> well played. Um, Bob Clark just fucking like I said, for a guy who wasn't a horror movie guy, he made a classic fucking like this movie did not do good. When it came out, no, it no, oh, it was critically panned. Didn't make much money. It wasn't until uh, the advent of DVD, VHS, too extreme that for it fuckers. Developed a cult following, and now is considered a classic, a horror classic by people that back when it came out, panned it. Was it controversial to them, or they just thought it sucked ass? They just didn't like it. Oh. They didn't want to see a fucking Christmas slasher movie. Man, fuck all that. <laughs> it's it's a horror movie, and it's a movie. Just go see it. Like, yeah. it's who it gives a fuck what it's about? Just go see Well, I don't know. I, I can't say that about all movies. <laughs> Somebody was asking me the other day about Serbian film, and they're like, should I see it? And I was like, no. No, don't see it. And uh, you're nodding. Yeah, no, yeah, no, don't. I was like, if you see it, I want to talk to you about it. But like, I'm not I'm not promoting you to go see it. Yeah. Like, don't don't go out of your way to find it. And like, oh, OK. And I was like, just just don't, bro. Don't, yeah, don't do <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Oh, no. um, yeah. Unless you're like super self-loathing or something. And you're like, yeah, you know, I don't really plan on being around much longer. I want to some, watch something awful right before I. <laughs> All right. So. Um, I yeah, eight and a half, nine. Love, love this, loved it a bunch. Yeah, I'm gonna give it the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, next week <laughs> we're gonna record on Wednesday. Uh, Christmas, bloody Christmas, bitching, pumped for that one. Um, yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy it. Um, it's a good time. Hopefully, we have a few more people, a few more voices. Um, on that podcast things happen people yeah. come and go yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. get them um, well um, yeah uh, always thank you uh, for listening um, go watch some horror movies go watch some sci-fi movies drama shit I, I don't care just go watch some damn movies and uh, share with people the ones that you like and and we'll uh, we'll catch you later yeah thank you for tuning in once again and as always till next time kitties thank you for listening to this the movie pit movie review we hope you have enjoyed your time to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The Movie Pit is produced by Ryan Boozer Johnson and Seth Chapman. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts 
See you next week.